Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envy.
Mysterio's eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. host Ryan Gable and you're listening to the secret teachings on the fringe FM if you'd like to contact the show tonight you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com that's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com you can find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, the montages, top news stories, my books, and more all at www.thesecretteachings.info. I saw a story last week, and when I saw it, my intuition just said, this is the Monday show. And so I compiled some news articles over the weekend And I did some research on this story, and I want to share it with you tonight. I think it's very, very interesting, and I think it's more than just something that people write off or dismiss as merely a scientific observation in the sense that there's always a battle between what we consider to be science and what we consider to be the paranormal, the abnormal and what we are called here on this network, the fringe. So there seems to be a debate, and it's a debate that a lot of people don't realize that they're having, between what exactly is considered scientific evidence or scientific proof and those things that science cannot provide evidence or proof of. To be more specific, if that's not clear enough, the debate seems to rage between those who claim that science explains everything, and since science explains everything, if there's something science can't explain, then it's not just abnormal, paranormal, it's not just fringe, it's not just wacky or woohoo, it just doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. It's made up. It's not something that's, it's not real in any sense of the word. Well, the problem with that is science is not an absolute thing. Science is a method of observation. Science is the original form of mythological development or mythological development is the original form of scientific observation. Now, I know that these are not common ideas or common phrases that people use, but if you think about it for a moment, mythology is basically taking in the world around, looking at how things function and work, and there's obviously a deeper meaning in most myths, that are passed down from generation to generation, culture to culture. Yeah, things are changed. and But typically across cultures, mythologies, although they might be different, they essentially maintain the same 
the same substance. And to the common person, they might explain how there are storms that are launched by storm gods or how people fall in love because of the goddess of love or how people become drunk because of the god of drunkenness, the god of wine like Dionysus or Bacchus. Now these stories have deeper meanings to them, far deeper meanings, and they can be understood by studying the myth and reading about the secret teachings. But mythology at its core really is scientific observation. So scientific observation itself is merely a way of looking at the world and trying to catalog it, trying to understand it, trying to figure out what is going on, trying to quantify it, trying to understand why things work a certain way, and trying to more and more take control of those things and override the natural processes. It's funny because mythologically, the mythological form of science was merely to understand the world and to pass that information on to future generations through entertainment and other means of information preservation, you know, and stories just to entertain, but also to teach, to teach lessons. You know, you get into the subject of parables and you understand that there are deeper meanings that are communicated to the subconscious more so than the conscious mind. But in these mythological stories, we have an understanding of the way in which nature works. We might anthropomorphize it. But we have an understanding of the way that nature works so that we can align ourselves with it. And this is what Pagans, witches, people that practice earth-based religions. It's sort of what people who practice, I guess you could call it New Age beliefs, lifestyles, etc. The intention is to align oneself with the natural world around them. Not to control it, but to become one with it. To reach a state of nirvana, if you will. Science today is not actually science. It's really mad science because although science today is used to understand the world around us, at least that's what it's supposed to be used for, science is also being used to alter the world around us, not so that we become aligned with it, so that we become harmonious with it, but so we can control it. Now, to examine this train of thought, this line of thought, would take an entire show, and I would consider it to be kind of philosophical, touching on the the, the, the psychological aspect of, of how we view things and how our brains work, how our minds work, however you want to separate and define the two. That's not the point of tonight's show. But it's very important, first and foremost, to see the difference between science and mythology and that science itself is a tool and it's not a definitive way of thinking. It shouldn't be 
a definitive way of thinking. That's not what science is about. When we make it about controlling things around us, when we make it about altering things around us so that we can control them, not to make them quote-unquote better, then it no longer becomes science. It's no longer observation. That's when you begin to play God. And that's a whole different subject. So when science tells us that they can explain certain things that we see in nature, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but there's a scientific you know, term for it, that's the extent of what science as a tool has done for us. It can provide us with a title and with a label for something, even if it cannot fully identify and explain what that thing is that we're seeing, in the sense that science itself as a tool can really pretty much explain everything in the three-dimensional five-sense world, but there are things that go beyond our tool of scientific observation, just like there are things that are beyond the microscope or the telescope. These are just tools, right? And there are some phenomena that science as a tool cannot explain because it is phenomena that doesn't exist in the 3D world in the same way that everything else that we interact with does. It doesn't exist in the five-sense world in the same way that everything else we interact with in the five-sense world does. It may interfere with the 3D world, with the five-sense world. It may come into contact with that world, but that doesn't mean it's part of that world. So it becomes fringe. It becomes paranormal. And the scientific establishment doesn't like to use those types of words because they feel as if those were, those are dirty words. We, we can't use those words. We can't explain those things, so they must not have any bearing on our, our perception of the world. They, they don't really matter. They're insignificant. However, many of the things that we consider to be fringe or that we consider to be paranormal are things that redefine the world that we live in that has otherwise been defined by scientific observation and analysis. And it shows us that there's a lot more that is going on behind the physicality. There's more behind the veil. And all fringe is, is on the edge or the border of something, which is exactly what paranormal activity, it's exactly what bizarre phenomena, it's exactly what all those strange experiences, it's exactly what those bumps in the night are all about. It's on the edge, it's on the border of being unexplainable. Now that doesn't mean it can't be explained you might see a monster in your room when you're a kid and you find out that it's really just that sweater on your chair or that branch outside your window or maybe you watched a scary movie before bed. I mean, that's what that's how most of the monsters manifested to me. It was from something that I had seen. It's from something that I misidentified in the darkness of night. But see, that's 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 the way that science and psychologists will try to defend 
the non-existence of otherworldly or fringe or paranormal things. I, on the other hand, understand in that capacity what psychologists and scientists are saying, but I also believe that there's far more than the psychologist or the scientist could ever hope to understand. And that doesn't mean I understand it. It doesn't mean you understand it. That's why we're interested in these unknown, mysterious things, because they are unexplainable by the tools that we have and the tools that we use to at least attempt to understand the world around us. There are monsters. There are mysterious, unexplained things that science will never be able to explain because science has a limit, because the human mind, although it is limitless, has placed a limit on itself for various reasons. And we ultimately, in this discussion, we come to a point where we don't really need to call it science. We don't really need to call it the paranormal or fringe. We just need to observe and see what it is that we're looking at. What, what exactly are we observing? What are we seeing? And this is what I saw last week. This is the article that I saw that I thought was pretty fascinating. And I was eager all weekend to talk about it. So I prepped a show. And here we are tonight. Some of you may have seen this. Some of you may have heard of other cases of this. But in Cornwall, in southwest England, and this came out of CBS News and a number of other mainstream popular sources of information, that a ship, a very large ship, was floating or hovering over the water there in southwest England. Now, the person who took the photograph, David Morris, said that it kind of looked like it was levitating off the water, and it does look like it's levitating off the water. However, a BBC News meteorologist, David Brain, explained that the image was just a, quote, superior mirage, or what they call in more technical terms so that it sounds as if it's it sounds as if it's it's a more concrete understanding of something that we really don't understand they call it a superior mirage or they're called a a feta morgana which is essentially some kind of mirage but it sounds you know it sounds more explainable if you use this this type of language now the thing about this image that really got me was that one i have seen this image other places around the world, uh, not just of ships, but of cities that seem to be floating in the air. And science will tell us those are just Fata Morganas. Those are just superior mirages. They have to do with cold and warm air and the bending of light. And sure, science can explain that. So I say to the people that are into the fringe and the paranormal that you need to listen to the scientists when they explain something that is a very bizarre phenomenon, but science can explain it. However, the scientist also needs to listen to the paranormal investigator, the fringist, if you will, and others who say that there are things that go beyond scientific explanation. And those are the things that we're going to look at tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. 
This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week, supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Do you question the nature of your reality? Join me, host Jess Rogie of The Rogie Report, as we find out more about the strange reality we live in. Here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening. With your host, Ryan Gable. It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. From parapsychology to pop conspiracy, and from parapolitics to health and esoterica, I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and I'll bring you all of this and more five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. By using critical thinking and objectivity as keys to understanding, utilizing, and appreciating the secret teachings of all ages. You can catch the secret teachings Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM after Joe Rook and Lighting the Void. This is Grammy-nominated recording artist Johnny Cobb. You're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. 
I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. A photograph out of southwest England in the village of Cornwall, taken by a David Morris, shows what looks like a levitating ship, a very large ship, over the waters of southwest England. A BBC News meteorologist, David Brain, however, came in and said, that image is not a levitating ship, that is a superior mirage. What it is is a temperature inversion where cold air lies close to the ocean water with warmer air above it. And since the cold air is denser than warmer air, it bends light towards the eyes of someone standing on the ground or near the coast, and it changes how a distant object appears. Sometimes an object below the horizon can even become visible, acting basically like the atmosphere, basically like a a giant mirror. Now, you look at this photograph, and you think, okay, science can explain it. And I am, I'm very certain that if I spent time looking into the, the YouTube communities, we'd find people with all sorts of different theories. It's a secret government test. Now, what it is, is a mirage. At least that seems to be the most reasonable explanation for why this ship is levitating off the water. However, this isn't the first time that a ship has been seen levitating off the water. There have been other ships that have levitated off the water, or at least it looks like that. There have been cruise ships. There have been large, like, freight cargo ships. And not only have ships been seen levitating over the water over decades, but perhaps the legend of the Flying Dutchman is even based off of this atmospheric fringe, if you will, phenomenon. And that story of the Flying Dutchman goes back hundreds of years. Now see, the story of the Flying Dutchman, maybe if you watch the TV show SpongeBob, is a big part of the the television show. They even go on the Flying Dutchman ship on a couple of episodes. I think the earlier episodes. I used to watch SpongeBob a lot. So that's something that has been incorporated into our popular culture. It's a very, very popular story. And it's something that a lot of people, you might not know any of the legend itself. But you might know of the Flying Dutchman, especially if you saw Pirates of the Caribbean. Because they used the Flying Dutchman in that that movie. But the Flying Dutchman story, the legend itself, we see it maybe as a mythology, as a legend, as a warning not to bargain with the devil. It also also tells us that these types of legends and these types of stories are actually based on observable, scientific, atmospheric phenomenon. And that tells us a lot. It tells us a lot because it means 
that many of the things that we see as being unexplained or that we see as paranormal or we see as a bizarre, unexplainable phenomena are actually explainable through scientific means. So much so that stories about the Flying Dutchman, for example, are actually a form of scientific observation and scientific preservation. I know that that's an unpopular thought for some reason because people either have their have their intellectual investment in the dismissal of things that are mythological or legendary or folklore as being just a story and the people that are invested in those things tend to dismiss any scientific explanation of it and rightfully so because scientific explanations tend to dismiss those things and even the proof of those things that go beyond legend and folklore because they just can't be real. Now, for those of you who don't know the story of the Flying Dutchman, it's a European maritime legend. It's about a specter ship that's doomed to sail forever. And it is woven into the popular culture of the Western world. I imagine that there are similar stories to the Flying Dutchman everywhere in the world because this superior mirage as meteorologists and atmospheric scientists call it when it looks like a ship is hovering over the water. This is something that has been seen all over the world. Now, in the most common version of the story, the captain, Vander Decken, gambles his soul or his salvation on a pledge to round the Cape of Good Hope during a storm. And so he's condemned to that course for all of eternity. It's actually the basis not just for the scientific explanation, if you will, of the atmospheric phenomenon itself, but it was the basis of an opera back in 1843 composed by Richard Wagner, or Wagner, Dear Flagend Hollander, 1843 in Germany. Another legend depicts a Captain Falkenberg sailing forever through the North Sea, playing at dice for his soul with the devil. So the story itself goes back a couple hundred years. It's influenced operas. It's influenced other popular legends. And it is man's way, mankind's way, of explaining a scientifically explainable atmospheric phenomenon in a way that is entertaining and in a way that to the untrained eye at the time otherwise would not be explainable. I mean, if it's not clear, I don't know how much more clear I could make it. Stories of the Flying Dutchman and other legends are based, some of them, on real accounts. It, it doesn't mean that there's literally a flying ship you know, in the air flying around. 
That's the, that's the romanticizing of these types of stories. And we see them as it's, it's beyond the veil. It's paranormal. It's spooky. We're looking for ghosts. The story of the Flying Dutchman is based very likely on the witnessing of this type of phenomenon. It's just plain and simple as that, meaning that these types of legends and stories are scientific observation of the world around us. So this story out of Cornwall, England, a David Morris who took the photograph of this floating ship, he was, as I would imagine, was stunned to see this ship floating over the water. He takes the picture, and the BBC says, that's just a superior mirage. That's just the illusion that that cold air, since it's denser than warm air, it bends light. And if there is cold air close to the ocean water and warmer air above it, it'll bend the light and make the object in the distance appear to be levitating. Well, that's just a more modern way of describing what legends like the Flying Dutchman describe, is it not? You may disagree with me. You may think that this is a superficial observation. I feel that this is, this is critical thought, and this is a weaving together of things that otherwise seem to be mortal enemies. Science and the paranormal are not mortal enemies. Science, as an official form of observation that, that, that we see as clinical and institutional, is apparently terrified of things they can't explain. I don't know if it's because of ego. I don't know if it's because of money. I don't know if it's because of conditioning. I don't know if it's because of all of those things and more. But what I also know is that those people that are invested in paranormal investigation, they often don't want a scientific explanation for what they are seeing, which doesn't make much sense. Because I would think that the paranormal investigator would want a very clear and concise explanation for what they're seeing, as opposed to just wanting things to remain unexplained. Otherwise, why investigate it to begin with? Why be interested in the fringe if you aren't interested in explaining the unexplainable. Let the scientist explain it. If it doesn't make sense, call them on the nonsense. And the scientist needs to likewise listen to what the paranormal investigator says and understand that there are some things that your microscopes and your telescopes and your test tubes and your beakers cannot explain. And there are things that your microscopes and your telescopes allow us to witness that it's not a fault of the tool, but the operator of the tool that provides a false picture of the things that we're looking at. Take electron microscopes, for example, and the way that flesh, you know, tissue viruses, bacteria, the way that they are placed under that microscope, the way that they are cut and they're, they're, they're frozen or they're dyed or they're, they're, they're heated, 
creating additional artifacts that otherwise wouldn't be there, leading to false, inaccurate theories on disease and in microbiology. It's, it's, never the, it's not the instrument. The instrument is an inanimate object. It's the operator. It's, it's not the, the camera that takes the picture of the ghost or the ghost ship or the levitating ship. It's the person who sees the image, who takes the image, and says, this is unexplained. Somebody explain it. And the scientist explains it. And it's not an acceptable explanation, but they're the scientists, so they must know. Or it is an acceptable explanation, but since they're a scientist, they still must be wrong. You see this train of thought that's very consistent, very persistent, very irritating to me. I have people tell me often, in fact, my, my partner Hope tells me this. She's like, this is the reason that people don't understand you and that you can't have, you know, you don't make a lot of friends, you know, at your, you know, you, whether it's a part-time job or it's just because you, you, don't, you don't give people a way to like or dislike you. They, they don't know what to do. That's, and that's the place I want to be. I, I want to be in a place where you don't know what to do. That's, that's free thinking. You can't put it into a box. You can't say, well, that's the scientific explanation. Because sometimes the scientific explanation is wrong. Sometimes the second or the third explanation is wrong. Sometimes it's more incorrect than the first explanation. So much so that it becomes dismissing rather than something that explains an unexplainable otherwise phenomenon. And that's why it's hard for me to get along personally. This isn't about me, but it's hard for me to get along in the the paranormal fringe communities because I don't think every object in the sky is an alien spacecraft. I don't think every alien wants to eat me. You know, I don't think that every megalithic structure was built by E.T. because I can't explain it. But when I look at some of those megalithic structures, I think, well, I don't necessarily think it's E.T., but I think that we're missing a big, big piece of evidence. Like, it's probably not humans in the sense that we perceive ourselves, it was probably a very advanced human civilization that constructed it. That actually makes more sense to me than aliens. But sometimes aliens might make more sense. But you can't, so you can't sell that. You can't sell that idea. Likewise, this story about the floating ship, and we've got a ton of these tonight we're going to go through. I'm just trying to set the base for it. The story about this floating ship, you think about this for a second, and Scientists just say, no, it's a, it's a Fata Morgana. Okay, it's just an, it's a mirage. Okay, fine, it's a mirage, but it's still very, very interesting to look at this picture, and it's very, very disorienting. And it looks like something from a science fiction movie or something, just floating ships in the air. It, it reminds me of the Flying Dutchman story, uh, the, the European maritime legend. It reminds me of like a glitch in our reality. And we've actually seen a number of these 
glitches or Fata Morganas, these superior mirages in the last couple of years. We go back to 2016. There was a ghost ship spotted on Lake Superior that was called a mirage. A flying cruise ship in New Zealand. The residents of Mount Manganui in New Zealand saw this floating cruise ship. Another flying ship. Others called it an unidentified flying object. Uh, Yeah, that's what it was. It was flying and unidentified. In popular mechanics reporting in New Zealand in 2020, in 2020 there was also a floating ship off the coast of Cork. Photo was taken from Fountainstown. It looks exactly like the image from Cornwall in southwest England. Not the same ship, but a very similar mirage. And there was an article published even in the Daily Mail documenting three different cases, including the Cornwall case of floating ships being seen across the United Kingdom. One of them in Cornwall, the one we've been talking about, another one in Devon, and another one in Aberdeenshire, all within a matter of a couple of days. The one that took place that was photographed Uh, It looks fake almost because it's just, I mean, if you play around with your camera, you can really get a photograph to look like it was, look like it was printed and, you know, done by a computer. It was taken from the beach at Painton, Devon, and you see some birds in the front and the water splashing, a really beautiful picture. And you see three cruise ships that are levitating off of the water. It looks like something in a video game where you look out on the water or the land and there's just some, the coating's wrong and things are levitating, the building's levitating, something's upside down, there's a glitch. That's what it looks like. And then another one, this was on last Friday, so that would have been the 5th of March, uh, in Banff, Aberdeenshire, a health and safety worker named Colin Mick. Callum spotted a ship that looked like it was flying through the air. Even got a video of the ship. It's very, very, uh, it's kind of disturbing because of, of how up close he was to the ship. And you can really make out some of the details of the ship. It's a giant red and white floating, what looks like a cargo ship. And uh, I mean, th- these things usually happen in the Arctic, but. Within a matter of 72 hours, you've got three cases of this in the UK. And it has very little media attention, which I find interesting that this isn't like a tabloid, you know, kind of a story that would get a lot of drive a lot of attention, a lot of traffic. I guess people just aren't interested in learning about things that are 14 or learning about things that are supposedly described as, you know, classifiable by science it's just an optical illusion it's a bending of light it's a superior mirage I mean, it's really nothing different than a than some kind of levitation uh which is it the boat's levitating yes but it's also a mirage it's both of those things but then there's the stories out of china and that are that's the floating cities in china remember those back in 2015 2016 the floating cities 
Oh, if you haven't seen these, you have to look these up. National Geographic even published an article on it back in 2015. And just a few months after that, in March of 2016, another floating city was seen in China. People had all these theories. It was a secret government project. It was a hoax. It was an ap- it was atmospheric phenomenon. Well, couldn't it be all of those things? Couldn't it be at least two of those things? It shows, literally, if you watch the video, you see the image. It is a, a city floating on the clouds. It occurred over Jiangxi and Foshan, China, back in 2015. That's from National Geographic. They even referenced the Flying Dutchman ghost ship legend in that article. And in March of 2016... The port of Dalian in northeast China's Liangning province. This one doesn't strike me as fascinating as the other one, but I don't have a reference point for the photo. It kind of looks like fog in front of a city. But according to the reports from China, this was another Fata Morgana, a superior mirage. It's like it doesn't really matter what you call it, there's a floating ship on the water. It doesn't really matter what you call it. There's a floating city above China. Multiple floating cities above China. Now, can science explain it? Yes, they have. It's a superior mirage. It's what happens when cold air is close to the ground, warm air is above it, cold air is denser than warm air, so light bends. And this is an explanation that, sure, it makes sense, But does it actually explain all of these floating objects, whole cities or large ships? Even the scientists, the meteorologists, when you read these news reports, whether it's CBS or National Geographic, they just say, well, it could be a Fata Morgana. They're not even certain what it is. And it's so rare to see these types of things. In one way, it's rare that there really isn't like a body of investigation uh, evidence to, d- to, to describe and define what these things are. They're just, oh, it's just a Fata Morgana. It's just a, a mirage. And others are like, no, this is a glitch in the matrix. This is a government project. I don't think it's a government project. I don't, it's probably a mirage, but it, it's also very eerie. And it just kind of makes me think that there are glitches in our reality. Floating cities, floating ships, that there's just a crossover between the unseen and the seen. Science can explain it, and science needs to merge with the paranormal and the fringe, and I think a lot more can be explained. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after break. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fridge FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. 
For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondthestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Yo, hi there. It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it. Stop that. Stop that thing that you're doing. And redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK, digital broadcasting. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward processing slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, spike volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels allowed to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork, video and audio production, gotta do video, or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? 
The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. Enhanced. From simple podcast audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. Time is like a really valuable currency next to cost. It's even more important than money. Why waste your time doing all this stuff? This is what we can do for you. Think about like the hours and the money you're going to have to put into doing all this by yourself. Doesn't make sense. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything is cool when you're part of a team. It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Thanks again. Um, This is very refreshing, and I look forward to talking with you more soon, Ryan. Hey, this is Anthony Tyler, author of Dive Manual, Empirical Investigations of Mysticism, uh, website divemind.net, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable, my man. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination, where happiness is an illusion, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. In 2012, scientists announced that they had discovered the God Particle, otherwise known as the Higgs boson particle. The God Particle was discovered in July of 2012. And some scientists speculated that the discovery of this particle could lead to a breakdown in our physical reality, in our dimensional reality. Many have speculated that the CERN project, and there are other CERN-like facilities, but CERN is the Large Hadron Collider. They're building an even larger one. That CERN could somehow open up a black hole And in an instant, all things would be sucked into the black hole. Others have speculated that CERN could be used to open a dimensional portal or gateway into another world, allowing us to cross into that world and allowing other things to cross into our world. Things that are very Lovecraftian. Even the inventor of the D-Wave quantum computer said that the quantum computer could be used to take resources from other dimensions. That was Jordy Rose, who was interviewed on the Kev Baker Show. Good friend of ours here at The Secret Teachings, Kev Baker. But when scientists found the Higgs boson particle in 2012, it was an eerie time to find a particle that many believed would actually distort space, distort time, distort the dimension that we live in, and either destroy it, create alternate timelines, 
there's quite a bit of speculation on these subjects, even by the scientists who do this kind of work. And beyond that, it's also very alchemical and invocating as well. But 2012 was the year that the world was supposed to end. Now, I did a show back when you don't want to hear my voice and you don't want to hear the show because it's really embarrassing. It was, you know, nine, almost ten years ago uh, on college radio, WPRK 91.5 FM, the best in basement radio. I did a show and I talked about how I didn't believe and, you know, at the time, I, not that I know anything now, but I definitely didn't know anything then. And I would, uh, I would talk about the same things I talk about now. I just didn't know as much. And I talked about 2012 and how I didn't believe that the winter solstice in 2012 would be the end of the world. But I speculated that for two reasons. People, people could manifest a, an end of the world scenario by being afraid of this harmless Mayan calendar which in and of itself was just ending. We don't think we don't think the world's going to end every time our calendars change over to the next year, do we? I mean, it was kind of like Y2K but different. Every time you flip your calendar from December to January, you know, usually they have the few months from one year into the next one on a calendar. Some calendars are just 12 months. That doesn't mean the world ends just because something's carved into a solid object, you know, it doesn't mean that the world's going to end. And besides, what about all the other cultures that existed at the time? Did they also say the world was going to end? Were the Mayans just connected with nature better? Like all these things we talked about. And I said, I just don't believe that's the end of the world. And besides, what exactly is the end of the world? What is the end of the world? It's like pulling the death card in tarot. Does that mean you're going to die? No. But it means your pet could die. It means your wife could die. It means your husband could die. Or it could mean that all the pain and suffering that you're going through could die. And you could actually be happier tomorrow. But you could also manifest your own death if you're terrified of it. Even if you don't believe in tarot, it gets into the subconscious. See, that's magic. And if you direct your attention and will toward the, the, the fear of death or whatever it might be, you manifest that and manifest it in ways that you don't necessarily... When we don't. None of us really necessarily think in these foggy and fringe and murky psychological terms. Like we don't. We think manifest like it just physically comes and pops up before us. That's not not necessarily what manifestation means. It manifests in other ways. Like it's pretty well documented that you can have a severe. Uh, you know, psychological trauma, and that can not only contribute to, that can cause physical damage to the body, and physical damage can cause psychological damage. So one's unseen, one's seen. One's felt in the head, if you will, in the stomach, and one's felt in other parts of the body. So when they discovered the Higgs boson particle, or the God particle, some people thought that that would end the world. Did it end the world? I don't know, maybe it did. Some researchers have speculated that since 2012, 
our reality has become more and more bizarre. Politically, we call it clown world. I'm not sure if Alex Jones coined that or not, but everybody seems to use it now. Politically, it's like clown world. And beyond that, it's like every day is is fortean. Every single day is fortean. Every single day we see something that's that's Charles Fort-esque. It's bizarre. It's unexplained. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it really feels sometimes like we're living not only just in a video game, but we're living in a video game where, like, if you play, you played Skyrim, right? You play Skyrim and you wander about, you know, the, the landscape or you played Fallout or one of those open world games. I mean, any game suffices, but like those old Medal of Honor games are a great example because they were, it, it was so one dimensional in the sense that you just had to follow this path and do the same thing every time. And the soldiers did the same thing. It, well, there really wasn't a lot of dimension to it. But if you play like Skyrim or something or a, you go out into the world, you explore and sometimes you come across places in the game where like you're walking over some ground and you see this like this streak of light or something and you realize, well, there's just something missing there in the code. It's just it's just bizarre. Like that plant is, you know, upside down or that plant is levitating off the ground. And sometimes that's what our reality looks like. In fact, a photographer in southwest England, he wasn't a photographer by profession, just a photographer, someone who took a picture. In southwest England, in the village of Cornwall, was stunned when he looked out over the ocean, the sea from his village, and he saw what looked like a levitating ship, and a very large ship at that. A BBC News meteorologist, David Brain, said that ship's not levitating, that ship is merely a superior mirage. It's a superior mirage. Now, a superior mirage, it's just a fancy way of saying mirage. And there are inferior mirages. A superior mirage is when something low, something close to the ground or the water looks like it's elevated above. It levitates and an inferior mirage is when something from above is brought down closer to the ground. Now, you know the, the, the stories of walking through the desert and seeing mirages. There was actually a, a movie in the 1970s, a documentary called a Fata Morgana. And in that movie, I think I didn't, I've never seen it, but I had, I had looked it up. It's about desert mirages and the different types of, of desert mirages. See, a, a Fata Morgana is just a fancy way of saying uh, mirage. And, and I have, um, I take issue with the people that use those kinds of words to sound smart or to sound as if they're, you know, able to explain something that they're really not explaining any better than the person who says the ship's levitating. Well, of course, it's a mirage, but the ship also is still levitating. 
Did, can, can you see the ship touching the water in the image? This article I have is from CBS News, but you can find it. Just type in hovering ship Cornwall, England. It was from March 5th. This was on Friday. Look at that picture and tell me, is that a Fata Morgana? Is that a superior mirage? Or is the ship levitating? Or is it both? Now, if I saw this ship levitating, if I saw this superior mirage, and I didn't have the scientific lexicon to describe it, I might say that it's a floating ghost ship. And it might contribute to a legend being developed, being created, cultivated. Like, I don't know, the famous European maritime legend called the Flying Dutchman about a specter ship doomed to sail the ocean forever. A bad omen to those on the ocean. An omen that means imminent disaster. It might contribute to legends like that. And the legend of the Flying Dutchman in that context and other legends and folk tales and folklore, and there are differences between these things, but mythology even, that is the scientific method. Understanding the world and trying to define it, quantify it, catalog it, categorize it, and the beauty about legends and mythologies is that they preserve something that a scientific textbook explaining Fata Morgana and superior mirages will never preserve. You're not going to preserve that type of literature and that type of scientific explanation from generation to generation. But you do know about the Flying Dutchman. You, most people don't know what a Fata Morgana is. You don't know what a superior mirage is. That just It's like a very important mirage. It's like when doctors say you have osteoporosis. Okay, osteoporosis just means hollow bone. By that definition, all birds have osteoporosis because birds have hollow bones. You know about the Flying Dutchman, but you don't know about a superior mirage. Does that mean you're illiterate? And does that mean you're ignorant? Does that mean you're stupid? Does that mean scientists are better than you? Absolutely not. It just means that you understand something in a way that's much simpler and much more fun to talk about. Now, that doesn't mean that we dismiss the scientists because the scientists, the meteorologists, they're still right. It's still a mirage. At least they think it's a mirage. That's the other funny thing is the scientists can't exactly explain what it is. They don't really know. They just think it's a mirage. But I can tell you this. People like David Morris, who took the photograph in southwest England, David Morris saw a ship levitating. He took a photograph. I've got a copy of it. You can get a copy of it. It's all over the Internet now. We can all see this ship levitating. There's no doubt that the ship is levitating. How you want to define levitation, well, that's up to you. What's funny about it, I think it's humorous, is that when scientists try to 
define and describe it, they're doing so with very strict adherence to material science, to the five-sense, three-dimensional world, and they say it's just a mirage, it's a bending of light, but they're also not certain that's what it is. That's what's very interesting to me. Scientists say that's a mirage, but they can't really... They could prove that what a mirage is. I mean, I've seen mirages before. But they can't prove that that specific image is a Fata Morgana. Do you see what I mean? So they can't prove that it's a Fata Morgana. But David Morris and all of us looking at this picture can prove with photographic evidence that ship is levitating. Now, if you think that that means I'm suggesting the ship's levitating based on some alien technology, you lost your damn minds, because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, look at this, this is really cool, the ship is levitating. And I'm trying to make a point that scientists can explain it, but they can only explain it as well, and no better, than the person who sees the ship levitating. So, all the scientists need to say, I'm sorry to the paranormal investigators, the bizarre phenomenon investigators, the people that want to explore the mysterious and unknown. You need to say, I'm sorry. And you need to listen to what those people say. And the people that are into those things need to listen to what the scientist says, and they need to apologize to the scientist too. I mean, we have this idea, you watch ghost stories, and you watch you know paranormal investigator shows, and documentaries, and there's always like a skeptic. I never understood what a skeptic did except just be an asshole. What is a skeptic? You just don't believe anything except what you believe? That's not a skeptic. That's just bias. That's not science. Science isn't skeptical unless you mean to imply that through scientific instruments, scientific instruments are skeptical of things that they can't see or identify. That's true, but that doesn't mean that they're right or that they're wrong. It just means that they're limited in their scope of what they can see and interact with. That's not science. Why isn't anybody calling this out? That's not science. That's fraud. If you use it to rip people off, if you use it to con people, that's fraud. That's not science. Call these people out. That's not science. The BBC news meteorologist David Brain is right. It is a superior mirage, but they also can't prove that. David Morris, who took the photograph in southwest England, can prove that the ship is levitating. Do you see what I mean? But that's not the first time we've had these levitating ships. In fact, they've happened on numerous occasions in New Zealand, Mount Manganui in New Zealand in 2020, last May, a flying cruise ship was seen. The ship was sailing through the air very, very far above the horizon. I guess the photograph was taken on April 22nd. It wasn't published by Travel Weekly until May 4th of 2020. Two days later, another publication from Popular Mechanics published the story out of New Zealand about the ship floating above the water and... Some said, oh, that's not a ship, that's a UFO, which I always think is funny because let me ask you a question. 
Is that ship floating? Yes. Is it levitating? Yes. Is it a mirage? Probably. Is the ship also flying like the Dutchman ship? Well, yeah, it looks like it's flying. Is it unidentified? Yes. Well, then it's an unidentified flying object or a UFS, an unidentified flying ship, I guess you could call it. And it's bizarre to me that we get caught up on words, and it's ironic to me we get caught up on words when institutional science, if you will, tells us that what we can see is the scientific basis. It's the world that we live in, and yet somehow... In, in in some way, you know, it's bizarre to me, somehow in some way, photographic evidence of a ship levitating is not scientific evidence of anything except, oh, it's a mirage. Well, it is a mirage, and it's also a ship levitating. But we have physical evidence of this. You can't explain that it's a mirage, but we have evidence, and it's not a fake photograph. So what is it? I mean, it's just, I think it's kind of funny. And there have been multiple ships that have been seen floating in the air. In England, New Zealand. Then, of course, ghost ships on Lake Superior back in 2016. Ghost ships. There's a long, long history of famous ghost ships just disappearing, reappearing, being found, floating. I think there was one just a couple of years ago. I mean... Not that a ghost ship is like, you know, a Fata Morgana. It's just a weird, eerie thing. But the Fata Morgana is a ship levitating in the air, but it's also a mirage. It's all those things. We need to stop dismissing those other points of view and and learn that what we can see isn't always what's there. What we can see isn't always the explanation And that there are other explanations, but those other explanations need to realize, people that perceive things that way need to realize and need to acknowledge that all the things that can explain away what is seen don't always explain away what is seen. And sometimes the seen remains unexplainable. And that's what we're exploring here tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. There's more after this. Stay with us. could listen to this and again you know people say david has no evidence david has no evidence but i hate this channel or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself brian gable five nights a week on the fringe fm and join us to explore the outer limits of history symbolism parapolitics and more we'll explore a little of everything but don't take my word for it i'm kind of like you i'm a last of a dying breed a generalist that's the secret teachings.info and the fringe fm If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, 
and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year, or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info, or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week, supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Secret Teachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Ryan Gable, 
And you're listening to The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. Five nights a week, Monday through Friday, same time every night. You guys remember back in 2015, there was a lot of talk on the internet about a floating city in China. Some people said it was a hoax. Some people said it was a secret NASA project. Don't see how that makes any sense. Other people said it's an atmospheric phenomenon. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. And I say, what if it was uh, all of those things or multiple things? What if it was a government project? You know, I don't know. It was a, maybe it was a weird projection of something in the sky. Maybe it was uh, a hoax. I think it's funny that we are so eager to classify what it is that we see. That we're so eager to put what we see into a category, into a box. That we're so eager to dismiss any explanation beyond either the narrow scientific, and I don't mean that in a negative way, the narrow scientific observation and explanation, or the wide open paranormal, conspiratorial, fringe explanation. Usually, they're both right and wrong. This story that came out on Friday from the village of Cornwall in southwest England showed a ship in an image levitating off of the water, and it was not a fake photograph. It was what scientists call a superior mirage as opposed to an inferior mirage. A superior mirage when those things below are pulled up above and an inferior mirage when those things above are pulled down below. And it has to do with cold air and warm air and how light bends and how it looks to somebody standing on the ground or in this case on the coast looking at distant objects. Sometimes objects below the horizon can even become visible because of the bending of light in this way. So we have a photograph of a ship levitating. Literally, a ship is levitating off of the water. Like a literal photograph of a ship levitating. But people say, no, that is... A mirage. And they get fancy with it now. They say it's a Fata Morgana. Now, Fata Morgana is basically just uh, a mirage. It's a complex form of mirage where an object is floating. And it shows you that you, you, you can see it in photographs of uh, boats cruise ships, and sometimes whole cities, which is very eerie and creepy to to look at the, the photographs of that out of China, floating on the water. And it, it, if you don't know, the, the term itself comes from uh, an Italian sorceress named Morgan Le Fay, And that these mirages were fairy castles in the air or false land created by 
you know, witchcraft to lure sailors to their deaths. Now, Fata Morgana or Fata Morgana, I believe is the correct pronunciation, Fata Morgana, is likely the scientific, if you will, term, the superior mirage is the specific scientific terminology, but it basically is a Fata Morgana. It is the term that we use to describe things that are unexplained, things that are bizarre, things that are strange, things that don't seem to make any sense. Ships floating, not on water, but on air, kind of like the Flying Dutchman's ship. And the Flying Dutchman's ship, which goes about flying through the air, the story of the, of the ship that can never go home and is doomed to sail the oceans forever. And there's some truth to that legend. The truth to that legend is that sailors and others saw these ships They, they, they saw these ships floating on air. And I find it so incredible that scientists can simply say, that's a mirage, we explained it. Because what they failed to recognize is that, yes, it's a mirage. Yes, it's a Fata Morgana, which is more of a, a magical, esoteric, occult term to describe these superior mirages. But what you haven't explained is why there are photographs of cruise ships hovering in the air. That's still what people are seeing. That's still what is being photographed. These aren't fringe or bizarre corner of the internet stories. These are like National Geographic, Popular Mechanics, CBS News, and they're not suppressed and concealed for some type of, you know, conspiracy. It's 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 a mirage. But we have the photograph of the ship levitating. So you could maybe understand why people who didn't have as much of an understanding, and that's debatable at, you know, at face value, people that could build things that last till today, and when my apartment breaks down in a matter of months after moving in, I start to think, hmm, who had superior knowledge of construction and building? And I, I just have a hard time believing that people a hundred years ago or in the ancient past were inferior to us today. Sure, they couldn't build iPads, probably not, but they built houses and they built boats and they built things that they, they stood the test of time. They built monuments that we can barely conceive of today with supercomputers. So clearly they knew something we didn't know or they applied knowledge in a different way than we do today. 
They tried to make things long-lasting. We try to make things profitable in the moment. And I'm not suggesting that the ancient people on our planet or those 100 or 200 years ago were smarter than us or that we're smarter than them. I'm simply suggesting that they weren't running around in loincloths. All right, they weren't a bunch of barbarians unable to communicate. They, they, they were as for their time advanced as we are today, depending on the group of people that you're talking about. Even tribes that are uncontacted are advanced in some form. So we can't just dismiss those things that we don't like because, oh, they don't have iPads, which is preposterous. So the scientists today say, that's a mirage. We explained it. Well, the scientists, the, the, the seamen who saw those flying ships, they said, we explained it. It's a ghost ship. It's the Flying Dutchman. That was their scientific explanation. And the curious thing is, the scientists, the meteorologists who look at these images and say that's a mirage, that's light bending, that's cold and hot air interacting, they always seem to just slip it in there that we don't, we're not really sure though. They're not really sure. They can't, I mean, they have models and graphs and, you know, the, the typical scientific instruments to, to, to observe these things and to explain them, but I'm not satisfied with someone saying that's a mirage with their nose in the air and then crumbling up the picture and walking away. I'm not satisfied with that. I don't know about you. But I'd be satisfied with if someone said that's a mirage, but it's also a picture of a boat levitating. I don't like that the paranormal and the mysterious and all those things, I don't like that it's so... It's so separate from scientific observation or whatever it is that you want to call it. I don't like it that it's because it, it's not separate. We created the separation. And a lot of it has come from the scientific community that doesn't understand certain things or they have, you know, superficial explanations, fancy words, Latin terms, ooh. And they use those words and terms and those superficial explanations to dismiss things that they can't explain. They either dismiss it entirely or they dismiss it with a smug arrogance. It's still a ship levitating over the water. It's still a mirage. You're both right. And then people say, well, no, well hold on a second. If it's a, if it's a mirage, how can it be levitating? If it's, well, that's, that is the mirage, that, it, that it's levitating. Well, what is that supposed to mean? It doesn't mean anything. Well, there doesn't have to be a deeper meaning to it. You understand that, right? There doesn't have to be some deeper conspiratorial meaning. It doesn't mean a portal got open and a ship popped through. It just means the ship's levitating. But it also means that with so many of these floating ships and floating cities, there might be something more to it. There might actually be a glitch in the so-called matrix, if you will. There might actually be a glitch in our reality. Back in 2012, when the Higgs boson particle was found, 
known as the God particle, and prior to it being discovered, scientists had speculated that what would happen if that particle were found could mean that our timeline, our dimension, our reality, everything could be altered. Because when you break something down to the point where you start to look at the atoms, you start to look at the the, the, the quarks, you start to look at the very fundamental basis of what constructs an object, what constructs our reality, you start to see the pixels in the screen. And the picture isn't so clear anymore. You're looking at individual pixels. And things start to look more like the Truman Show. It starts to look like a presentation. It doesn't look real in the sense that we define real. How is it that you do, do define real? Electrical signals that your brain communicates to other parts of the body, through the nervous system. Is that real? If that's real, we can program machines to feel real. Animals feel real. Humans aren't the only ones that feel real. But if the discovery of a God particle or the work being done at CERN and other facilities like Oak Ridge, the National Lab, if that kind of work is, as the Department of Energy has openly acknowledged, operating and interacting with other dimensions, then perhaps our dimension, perhaps our timeline, perhaps what we perceive to be reality, is shifting and changing. And perhaps the mandala effect and deja vu are those glitches, are those time loops, are those unexplainable collective phenomena They are the things that we can't explain, the things that are mysterious, the things that science can kind of explain but not fully explain. I mean, it's really unfortunate because science should not get the bad rep that it does, but science has really been overtaken by mad scientists and dismissing some evidence for less evidence is not science. Saying that something is science-backed or evidence-backed doesn't mean that it's science-backed or evidence-backed in the implication that it's right. In fact, if you don't show me your work, it's really likely that you're probably wrong. I don't mean that like if you're in a classroom and your teacher says, show me the work or you're wrong, and some people can do it in their head. When you tell me something is backed by science, wear a mask, it's backed by science, and then you don't show me the science, but I have the science, and it shows me the opposite of what you're saying— then yes, I will listen to the science. I will listen to what the authorities on those subjects say when they can prove it to me. Back in 2015 and 2016, some of those bizarre images of what we call Fata Morganas were photographed, video was actually taken, of what looked like a floating city over Jiangxi and Foshan, China. Now, it's indisputable. It's absolutely a city skyline, and it is floating in the air. 
And when you watch the video or you look at the photographs, I, I would watch the video because the photographs, some of them are zoomed in, they're closer, and it kind of looks like it could be you know, more easily explained than it is. But when you back out and you see the video, it looks like a ghost city floating in the clouds. Some speculated that it was some form of holographic-like projection, which I find interesting because in order to have holographic-like projections, which they have in Dubai, and we used, you've seen that in American Idol and other places, even the mainstream media has used holograms. A hologram operates by manipulating atmospheric conditions, Right? So if a hologram operates by manipulating atmospheric conditions, then even if something were to be a government project or a hoax, it could be perpetrated through atmospheric phenomenon. In other words, a floating city can be a hoax. It can be a NASA project. It can be an atmospheric phenomenon that's natural, it could be all these things. It could be, well, a Fata Morgana. These are the explanations that were given by National Geographic in October of 2015 about China's floating city over Jiangxi and Foshan. That people speculated that it, it was all of these things or one of these things. People speculated on different things. But I'm suggesting it can be all of these things because it's just a manipulation of the natural world. Whether nature is manipulating in a sense itself or humans understand nature and can therefore bend it to their will. I find this to be a very plausible explanation for what people refer to as the unexplained equation in science, and that is the, 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 the question of everything. What ties it all together? Well, here's a really you know, crazy idea. It's already woven together. Stop fighting with each other over whether something is magic or something is a conspiracy, or something is a hoax, or something is meteorologically described through atmospheric phenomenon, stop fighting with people over what's a conspiracy or what's science, because both terms are relevant and irrelevant. Both terms explain the unexplained, and unexplain the explained. China also had another floating city over the port of Dalin back in 2016 in northeast China's Liaoning province. And this one looked a little less real to me, but that's because I don't, I don't think I didn't see the video of this one. I, I don't know where the video is. I just saw the photograph. But it is what is referred to as a Fata Morgana. It looks like a giant floating city. And I, I find it, again, interesting that scientists will say, it's a Fata Morgana. You know that term came from, like, well, it came from Italy, but you know it, it came from, like, magic and occultism and sorcery. 
Why are you scientists using those horrible words? I just don't get why the religious people are terrified of the scientists, and the scientists are terrified of the religious people, and the religious people and the scientists are terrified of the occultists. It's like, you're all doing the same thing. You're all looking at the same thing. You just describe You call it God. You call it illusion. You call it Fata Morgana. It's all this. You're still looking at the same thing. You go to a sporting event. You set up in the rafters. You sit down by the ice or the court or the field. You see the same game. You're watching the exact same game. You just... It's different. One person's rooting for the red team. One person's rooting for the blue team. One person leaves disappointed. One person leaves fired up. Sometimes people might leave neutrally like I did. I didn't want to kill myself because the team I went to see lost. Everybody has their own perspective. Some people go just to sit with their friends. They don't even watch the game. That's how we interact with the world around us. We just we just do things. We watch what's going on and that's that's our that's our existence. That's our world. We're just witnessing the same thing and then calling it something different and fighting over what to call what we're witnessing. There's a there's a photograph from Cornwall, England of a ship levitating. And rather than saying, "Wow, that's a that's an incredible photo," that's proof that there are things beyond the physical realm because there are and scientists say no there's not it's a, a mirage and you say well explain the mirage to me and they say well it's really a temperature inversion where cold air lies close to the sea with warmer air above it and since cold air is denser than warmer air it bends light toward the eyes of someone standing on the ground or on the coast and sometimes an object below the coast you know below the the, the horizon can become visible and you're like, wow, that's an incredible scientific explanation, but the ship's still levitating. That's an incredible scientific explanation. The ship's still levitating, and you can't prove that either. Oh, and even though that's an incredible explanation, an incredible photograph, a ship's levitating, it also does not explain how this happens so consistently and has happened more consistently in the last decade. Perhaps we have photographs that have become common. Everybody seems to have a camera. That could explain it. On the other end of the spectrum, with the finding of the God particle, maybe our reality is glitching. But then you have to consider that if you have a bending of light and that's what changes the image of the ship, you also have to consider that that's not physical because if in the sense that light, white light, we only see in a very small fraction, way less than a quarter of a percent. It's, we don't see hardly anything compared with what's out there. So we need infrared. We need night vision goggles. We can't see at night as humans. We need technology to help us. 
to help us look into other realms. And you do know that the television and other scientific developments were developed by people who were either alchemists, people that were magicians, trying to access the other world. And in trying to access the other world, they discovered things and invented things that would allow them to not only see that world, but to better observe our world. Science and what we call the paranormal or various unexplainable phenomena, it's the same thing. It's no different. It's only separate because we separate it. We try to control it, which is what the scientists are doing when rather than observing and, and, and listening and watching and aligning and tuning oneself with that world, they try to manipulate and alter it. And in that way, they are no different. They are absolutely no different than Morgan Le Fay, the Arthurian sorceress. who used witchcraft to lure sailors to their deaths by creating these images of false land. They're no different than the people who saw ships floating and developed legends like the Flying Dutchman. It's all the same. And I feel that that is an acceptable, it is a practical, and it is an easy-to-understand explanation of everything. Here where I live in western New York, I'm not very proud of that. (laughs) I do not like New York at all. But Here in western New York, back in 1894, the people of Buffalo, about an hour from me, saw a mirage. The city of Toronto, with its harbor and small island to the south of the city, on Lake Ontario. The mirage allowed for people in New York, from Buffalo, even Rochester, in 1871 and in 1894 to see Toronto. And the suburbs of Rochester were recognized as a projection east of of Toronto. That was published in Scientific American back in 1894. Mirages, Fata Morganas, ghost ships, the Flying Dutchman, all these stories are both magical, mystical, occult, paranormal, unexplainable, bizarre phenomena, and 
scientifically explainable. It's all the same thing. When you understand that it's all the same thing, you can start the wedding procedure of science and the unexplained. Because science can explain the unexplained. It's the scientist who refuses or neglects to do the work. It's the unexplainable investigator, if you will, the one who expands our views on the unseen, who refuses to accept the illusion, the Fata Morgana. They say, no, that can't be what it is. Let me tell you something. It's all of it. The floating ships are really floating. That's really the Flying Dutchman. But what exactly does that mean? Why is that hard to to, to say? It's a legend. It's not real. It's based on something that's real. That's why it's a legend. That's why it's a myth. And I can tell you this. In 100 years from now, in 200 years, in 500 years from now, in retrospect to the past... Nobody remembers Fata Morgana. Nobody remembers superior mirages. What they remember is the Flying Dutchman. What they remember are the stories of Persephone and Isis. They remember the stories of Atlantis, of Poseidon and his sons. They remember the stories of... of the Greek and the Roman and the Egyptian and the Japanese gods and goddesses. That's what people remember. They don't remember the scientific literature, but those rememberings also preserve the scientific understanding. The illusion, the Fata Morgana, all of it is magic, esotericism, occultism, the secret teachings. It's magic. And aren't scientists the ones that are always trying to be the stage magicians and show us this incredible world by altering and manipulating it and showing us cool things like a stage magician? Scientists need to acknowledge the unexplained and the unexplainable investigators need to acknowledge the science. And when both of those things happen, we make a lot of progress And we erase a lot of lines and a lot of division. At least, that's my theory. That's my hope. That we can can do this. And it starts by acknowledging that this ship, for example, in Cornwall, England, is both levitating and a mirage. Although they say the mirage is, they can't really prove that it's a mirage. Well, it's definitely levitating. Whether it's a mirage or not, that's up to you. Is it a glitch in the matrix and in, in, in our reality? It also kind of seems like that, which is very, very bizarre and creepy. It's, it's like a glitch, a deja vu, a mandala effect. It's, something's off. Something's wrong. I'll give you something to think about tonight, this morning. Let me know what you think of this show at rdgable at yahoo.com. 10 plus years on air. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. 
Subscribe to the show at thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com, and we'll talk to you in the next broadcast. may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.